everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the Hometown Haunts podcast. I'm your host, Kat Cloco, and tonight with me, we have Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. And our topic tonight, I almost wanted to say our theme is deja vu. Yes, you heard that right. Deja vu. But first, you can follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter, Sin C Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram, and you can email us your own hometown haunts at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. That is an email that I check and no one has written into yet. It's really sad. Come on, guys. Come on. We would like to hear your stories from all over the world. It doesn't have to be from Cincinnati or just the Midwest. Um, it would be great to hear from all of you. Also, we're an official podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes at Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us and on YouTube so other spooky story lovers such as yourselves can find us and share in all the goodness that is Hometown Haunts Podcast. So we got some stuff going on tonight. <laughs> as we do every monday night whenever all three of us get together and chat so christina which would you rather do weird stuff we saw this week or our comic of the week let's do comic of the week first and then weird stuff. okay and that's all on you <laughs> yes uh, well we're going to talk about and uh, both both kat and i do our own web comics and the web comic i do is called embrace the crone and it follows four crones and their various familiars and friends in Crone Academy, where they learn about life when you're a crone. And I'm not going to put a time on that. Like it could, it's just a woman that's no longer youngish, and it, it's sort of they they have their adventures and they talk about their pets, and um, it's sort of it's sort of a weekly therapy for me. But I have a lot of fun with it. And we were just talking before the show that. I'm very disappointed so far that WandaVision is making Agatha not a crone. So I hope I'm semi-spoiler warning. Uh, it's not a, it's not a spoiler warning. I, I kind of wish. Okay. Okay. We'll put spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the show at all, you, you probably won't even remember. It's a woman's name. You know, you'll be like, I don't know what she's talking about, but I just wish she was older. <laughs> But uh, we'll put we'll put some panels of the comic. Um, I have a Patreon. Uh, if you go to embracethecrone.com, there's a link to my Patreon there. And um, the Patreon is there mainly to, you know, it, it doesn't support my main art career. It's so I eventually can do like a website and that sort of thing. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. We've got a nice group of people that follow the comic. And it's also on Instagram. Um, it's in every episode because I have links to that rather than my regular illustration career because really nobody that listens to this show is probably going to hire me for illustration. And that's sort of a different thing. But uh, my webcomic is something fun to read. Um, you know, I have a lot of people giving me ideas all the time. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely check it out. Kat and I were also saying we both have kind of witchy themes to ours. Yeah, both of ours are witch themed um comics the different flavors but they're both witch themed i was just thinking that being a crone is a state of mind it's not necessarily yes. an age thing Definitely. so yeah it, it's it's a good comic i'm a patron on your patreon and i follow you on instagram it's it's a good comic i like well, it you know, it gives it, me a chuckle every week you mm -hmm. know it's it's interesting because like 
when you become a crone, like when you start going through menopause, it's sort of like going through puberty in reverse and nobody tells you anything about it. Like when you were in school, people kind of did talk about what was going to happen during puberty. Nobody tells you what happens and all the hormones that you experience when you're, as you get older, like, so you get acne again, like you have a lot of different like health, not health issues. I don't want to put it that way. Cause it's not like you get sick or hurt it's just your body is going through a change and they say change but that's always like very vague and you know no one tells you what's gonna happen not to scare you ladies but but you know everybody like you kind of start getting into you know when you talk to women that have been through it it's like oh yeah you know my sister-in-law was like when i would whenever i complain about something she'd be like bring me in turmeric she'd be like turmeric's supposed to make hot flashes better and she brought me one of those rollers you roll on your face that's supposed to be cool and cool you down oh, yeah and, you know fans she said you never would be hot at night when you're sleeping you know very fun stuff so. yeah my mom was just super cranky yeah, I've heard that can be a, an effect too. Um, yeah, I don't rem- remember my mom being cranky or not. I don't. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Did you notice any kind of change? Like, was warmer all, all the time? Or no, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe she just didn't talk about it all that much. Or maybe I was away at college when she was going through a lot of it. So I don't know. I, I think it's something that isn't actually talked that much. I think women are talking about it more. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. it's not something that, that you know, they people feel like there should be an education in. Even though, um, you know, it's probably as significant a change as your, when you were in puberty. Um, you know, I think the internet probably helps women a lot because they can at least read about like things that change. In yeah. their lives but it's yeah. also uh crone is also a double meaning i mean crones are supposed to be powerful women uh that's mm-hmm. when a lot of them are supposed to come into their full power and and that sort of thing too so yeah that's a good well, co- i yeah. look forward to it <laughs> coming mm-hmm. into my full power <laughs> yeah you see it's it's your because i don't have it right now <laughs> <laughs> well i think there's a lot of empowering things about you know as women get older that you know, a lot of people interpret it as invisible, but I've always thought it was the opposite. I think it's the, not that they're invisible. I think it's that um, when you get to a certain age, people just don't mess with you. And it's not yeah. that you're invisible. It's that they're, they don't mess with you. <laughs> they know that it's not worth it. You know, yeah. they, they it, it, it's, it's sort of a level that, that, and a lot of women find that there's a lot of things very empowering, you know, and, and yeah. it, this is this is for those those women and about friendship and you know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now to weird stuff. Not that this wasn't weird. Yeah. So I got a lot of weird stuff this week, but this one was, I guess, my favorite because it appealed to my macabre senses more than others the other one i could do a actual field trip to go do so i'm gonna keep that one a secret for later but right now we are talking about india's mysterious lake of skeletons i swear i will try not to say skellington 
because I had to read through it a few times to make sure I didn't say that. So this was reported by the BBC a few days ago, and it's really not an unknown place. It's just kind of one of those, hey, this is an interesting location that's popped up back on everyone's radar, because as we get into the the warmer months, we're going to hear or see some bodies come out of this lake. So we are talking about Rup Kund Lake, which is in India, and there are 600 to 800 human skeletons that reside within the lake. And in the warmer months, when everything thaws, you actually can see the skeletons just all around the beach and inside the water. And what makes it really interesting is that these skeletons are not all the same age. They were not all put they didn't all fall into the lake at the same time. There's could be thousands of years in between different specimens. But what's fascinating as an anthropologist is that all the skeletons are adults, male and female, mostly male, between the ages of 35 and 40 that were in good health when they died. There are no children. There are no babies which is really interesting. Now, uh, Rupkund Lake is along the slope of Trisol, which is one of the largest mountains in India. And it was originally, I'm going to just say this, discovered by in 1942 by a patrolling British forest ranger. Obviously, people knew about it beforehand, so I kind of had issues with that. But three quarters of the year, the lake is frozen. You actually can't see anybody, anyone's remains, but in the summertime, when everything thaws, you can. And there's many different theories as to why this happened. One of the uh, stories is that a large royal procession accidentally fell to their deaths along the mountains, and that's whose remains are in the lake. Another one is... um, People who traversed the mountains angered the local gods and killed the the gods, scared them, and they drowned in the lake. And um, the one that most scientists are kind of leaning towards is that as people traveled through the mountainsides, they died either due to exposure or different reasons, and then perished on the mountains. And as time went on, their bodies slowly went down the slopes and then entered the lake i know it's not as exciting but that's most likely how we got just this stratification of human remains within one lake but that's my weird thing this week i found it interesting that they've preserved all the remains they have not tried to move them that from what i can tell and uh or they're trying to be as oh um Oh, please edit this part out. Uh, it's the same thing with the Egyptian mummies. They're trying to be, what's the word? Oh, respectful. Good. Yes, respectful. <laughs> They're trying to be as respectful as they possibly can with the remains because they are human. So that's my weird stuff this week. It, maybe one reason is, is this a hard to get to location? It looks like yeah, it's, it's like very... sixteen thousand feet up. Mm-hmm. It's it's in basically a valley within this mountain range, so um, it, it's people just probably died of exposure during di- if they if you were kind of like the Donner Party if you chose to take your, start off on a ch- trip way too late and you got caught in a snowstorm, 
you probably died of uh, hypothermia. So, and then mm-hmm. kind of like the, um, oh, the rainbow area that's on Everest, the rainbow mm-hmm. Valley, I think is what it's called with all the human bodies that have died of uh, exposure. So, or uh, lack of oxygen. Although so. am I correct in the Everest situation, uh, those bodies don't decompose very quickly. Right. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the same with this situation too, because there's frozen for a better part of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Everest, they're not going to decompose. They mummify kind of for the same reason that you get in a desert where the air is so dry, it just dries out the skin. What you do get is a lot of sun bleaching and you may have, uh, if there are body parts that do get exposed because of the winds, like you can have skin peel off or peel away. But if you have somebody who has died in a cave, like Mr. Green Boots, he can be perfectly preserved as he was when he died. Uh, hair is common to keep on. Um, it, most of the time, they just look like startled mummies. That's how you kind of die. As you decompose, your mouth kind of goes, oh. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you get your teeth and everything um, that you can see. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, but this is water. So when it thaws, you're going to start getting some decomp happening just because of the water, but it's not going to be fast. Mm-hmm. This was, as a side note, my issue with The Walking Dead is that all these zombies are in Georgia during the high, hot summer. These guys would be slush puddles within two weeks. The series can't still be going on unless we're in Alaska by now. Anyway. So small hot take tangent. The the preserves the bodies or something like that. Yeah. Well, I I always thought with zombies that eventually they would just turn into skeletons. I mean, what is keeping the meat on the bone? True, true. I mean, it's basically dead flesh. But how are the bones walking around? They they couldn't right without no muscle. you need your cartilage and everything and that's going to fall depends, apart it too. It depends on the 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 myth the thing that's animating yeah. them. Like if it's yeah. for example now if know, there's a necromancer the dragons, yeah yeah if it's a, yeah a necromancer then you know they can uh, you know it all depends on the mythos of the story telling the they could necromance and raise that skeleton army. Mm-hmm. So just like Hella about the like. My question about the lake, do they know what is, there's like recent bodies in there or? I didn't see any reports of recent bodies. No. How old do they do Uh, any DNA testing or like carbon testing? They must have done some, some of that to be able to give an approximation of Mm -hmm. how old these mummies are. Let's see. They're well-preserved. Uh, let's see. Some think they're Indian soldiers from 1841 that wow. died when they tried to storm Tibet. The previous thing that I was talking about is, is not Nanda Devi as a revered goddess of the mountain may have struck them dead. Uh, let's see. Earlier studies of the skeletons have found that most of the people who died were tall, more than average structure. And most of them were middle-aged adults between 35 and 40. No hmm. babies or children. Some elderly women. For... So they did get some crones in there. And well, all um, of reasonably good health. That sounds almost um, like an invading force. Because uh, finish your thought and then I'll, I'll mention something. Uh, yeah, it's scientists from the India, U.S., and Germany have been do. Uh, 
been studying the bodies. They genetically analyzed the carbon dated and remains of 38 of the bodies, including 15 women found in the lake. Some of them are as old as 1200 years. Whoa. Wow. Um, The dead are genetically diverse and also their deaths were separated by time. Some as much as a thousand years, which I know I stated earlier. Um, Does it say how uh, deep the lake is? uh, It didn't. No, Um, it doesn't look like it's terribly, terribly Oh, deep like and i also didn't see any makeup of what the water is like uh there is a pilgrimage pass by the lake which could explain how some of the travelers got in there that actually might be just yeah, uh, i don't it, see it an may actual not even, recent it may not even be an organized force it could have been like if you have pilgrims going by like if you're talking about a time of yeah, you know, a thousand years like if you had one or two people every couple of years it would add yeah, up that's, to that many so yeah that's my occam's razor for reading the um synopsis of this was that it's just people who slowly died due to some reason mm-hmm. on the mountains and their bodies were deposited into the lake over time yeah uh it's kind of there somebody pointed out in who had shared this that there's actually a cenote in mexico that has a similar situation that I will read about and it will probably be an upcoming weird thing I saw this week. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting talking about invading forces because there was a documentary I saw that Terry Jones or Monty Python did on the Crusades and they were talking about um, there were women that traveled with the Crusaders called washerwomen. It was mostly crones, as you described, and they basically deloused the soldiers hmm. and washed their clothes and did all that stuff so they traveled you know as part of the traveling party making their lives less horrible you know by i guess for them probably not for the women though no i I don't think it's probably good (laughs) for the women at all but (laughs) but but yeah they they had women in the party that because there was one writing he quotes where uh they were praying and they got rid of all the women in the party and when they said women, it was like women that they found that they were, you know, having relationships with. That sounds very sanitized, mm-hmm. but they, they were allowed to keep the washerwomen. And it's because mm-hmm. they, I guess they needed the washerwomen women because they, they helped de-louse them and make their lives less uh-huh. hard. So it, it sounds bad, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, uh-huh. I was like, there are no men going after cougars in that company. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. that's a lie. Anyway, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, back to our main topic. Or did we already yeah. talk about our main topic? Yeah, we we. <laughs> See, mm. first first joke. We need a counter. <laughs> we need. I don't know. Like the, a, both you ching. and I. Yeah, yeah. We the checklist like ching. Yeah, that's checked off. I know both you and I, Christina, posted basically the same question on facebook going hey if you have a deja vu story will you share it and the pinging comments we got from both of them saying i feel like i just saw this and i'm like yeah you, you did i did Christina post it twice because i thought it. it was funny yeah so we got a lot of those jokes like i just saw that i feel like this is deja vu i am disappointed though no matrix jokes yeah that is disappointing yeah, not mm. not one black cat matrix joke. I'm like, man, 
Oh well. oh well maybe maybe matrix is too long ago you're not i think that's what's happened it's aged out of the zeitgeist and not mm. a powerful enough sci-fi story to have clung on like our beloved star trek the next generation or mm. alien uh, alien which is or doctor who i would have thought Ma- you know what i think it Classic is so i don't think that it's that matrix is is not as strong as those other properties i think it's because there's so much more uh, as far as 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 pop culture and and uh, just stuff to watch, mm. that it's much harder for something to attain a cult status because there's too many other movies, too many other TV shows, and you know things like Star Trek and Star Wars. This is a whole separate discussion. Well, they even have to- contemporary stuff that's come out, mm-hmm. like that's true as well yeah and matrix i don't think has in over a decade had any of their stuff come out i Mm. i know the directors are still producing stuff but it's not matrix related not at all i hope that i hope maybe they do some more matrix stuff i'd love to see some sort of you know series or something yeah Yeah. oh my goodness it could be the next netflix series it's probably Mm. already happening well, probably they're they're doing all sorts of other stuff. So yes, going back to our topic, we are talking about deja vu, and we all have interesting kind of experiences with deja vu. Uh, Christina, you're going to be talking about more of the scientific stuff, and I got the honor of all the woo woos. Like, wow, that sounded really mean. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> I got this. (laughs) I got the metaphysical and paranormal reasons for deja vu. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's how we broke it up. And 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 um, are are you going to also talk about the alternative universe kind of theories too? Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand because we got the Akashic records, which I don't know if either of you have ever heard of. So okay there yeah you listen to mysterious universe so you've probably heard the akashic records uh talked about from time to time jen you are new to all of that now what got us onto this story or this topic was i think last week jen you said that you had a weird precognition dream do you remember it no i because i had a, a a small sense of deja vu yesterday not yesterday last week when we were recording but I was trying to think if I could remember a specific incident and I couldn't because they're also, they're mundane experiences. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing, it's like me walking to my car and unlocking the car door or talking to my brother or, and sometimes it's, I can, and, and this might, might sound weird, but it's like I can feel the memory coming out of my brain and I'm like, oh, I had a dream about that. So I, it's mainly, sometimes it's stronger than like the one last week wasn't super strong. Like I felt like I dreamt it, but I just felt like I had, it had happened before. But then there are other times that I'm like, I definitely dreamt that last week and now it's happening. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird and I get all confused and scrambled in my brain but and i wish they were more exciting but they're not they're just super 
Maybe it's most boring. people's deja vu is not the most thrilling thing. As I keep mm -mm. saying, the paranormal is really not Hollywood thriller. It, yeah. It's very mundane. It's small things like a glass scooting across a table. And that may be the only paranormal thing you get happen for six months. <laughs> so it's there. The mysterious stuff is usually very mundane. And uh, I think a lot of people are disappointed by that because they think it's going to be like the exorcist. And you're like, no, no, I never no, mm -mm. No, no. <laughs> Well, I think that's probably because we've been primed to think things that are paranormal are always extraordinary. Yeah. As opposed um, thank to you, being, Hollywood. Yeah. As a, you know, I always thought one of the best things they ever did, uh, which was related to a ghost story, was was Beetlejuice, where they had the handbook for the recently deceased and how yes. they said it read like stereo instructions. And that, yes. that, ever, that <laughs> makes me think of of what you describe as it being very mundane. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think if they would put it make them a movie now they would just use an ikea <laughs> instruction <laughs> booklet instead that would be really funny yeah that would be that hilarious would. i want to see that <laughs> illustrated now <laughs> but do we want to anyway. talk, talk about by start by reading experiences or do we want to kind of talk about it first and then I think we should read the experiences that were submitted to us. And I okay. can also retell my weird premonition deja vu story because it, it it was interesting looking into this because deja vu is something that a lot of psychologists think they have a handle on. And then at the same time, they don't <laughs> just like sleep and sleep patterns. And then of course, then you have, uh, psychics who are just like oh yes we know exactly what deja vu is and we can answer it for you and very much more it was just interesting seeing the two different stances and also precognition gets rolled into it a lot um, because deja, deja vu is just kind of like did I dream this before when did this happen all that so uh, do you want me to start with my story and then yeah, we go into listener stories? Story. Well, yeah, and then I'll tell my story and then... Um, oh, right. This is a story in. episode. Yes, yes. So you start with yours and then... All right. So we're going to travel back to the year 2001 when I was in high school and had a driver's license. And I was the only one of my friend group that had one because I was the crone of our group. <laughs> <laughs> Same, and, same. Yeah, yeah, and I also had was fortunate enough to be able to get a car. It was terribly beat up. It didn't completely stop when you put the brake down, but I had a car. And this takes place actually at New Year's 2001. And a little bit before that, though, and I think about a month beforehand, I was asleep and I had a dream where I was with my friend and I'm just going to call her Kay. And we, I, we were at a new, sorry, I'm trying to remember. It, it must've been. Yeah. It, it was a new year's party, but we had to be home by a certain time. I think I had to get her home by like 1am or something like that. Um, just because it was getting hairy out. And also we were teenagers. So our parents mm -hmm. wanted us home within a reasonable time. And so we, 
I remember in this dream, we actually missed the curfew. And I remember trying to get Kay out of the party. And naturally, like all 16, 17 year olds, you're having a fun time. You don't want to leave. She was really difficult to get out. We ended up getting being really, really late getting home. And it's icy in Northern Indiana. So I remember trying to drive a little bit faster than what was safe. And I remember hitting black ice in an area, spinning out and smacking into a pole. And we died in the dream. And I remember waking up and going, oh, 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 with a whole bunch of expletives. Just a whole bunch of them. And so we go to the New Year's Eve party. We're in the midst. We do the countdown and everything. I got my little silo cup full of it's probably soda. And uh, I realize I'm in, it's like when time slows down, I'm watching all my friends. They're in the exact same outfits that I dreamed them in. I'm in the exact same outfit that I dreamed myself in. And Kay is sitting in the same room where I dreamed her in. And I look at the time, I'm like, oh, we need to leave to be able to be home by one. So I go up to her and I'm like, hey, we need to leave so we can get home in time for our curfews. And she was just like, no, I don't really want to go. And I'm like, trust me, you want to go home right now. And I guess I was convincing enough or weird enough for her to actually listen to me. So she got her stuff. We left. We got home on time. Uh, We did have one weird incident right at that intersection. It's one of those intersections where you have two lanes and you had a left turn lane and a straight and right turn lane. And I was in a straight because I was going straight through the intersection. And this guy goes into the left-hand lane and then the light turns green and we start going and he keeps going straight. So I just slowed down and let him pass me. And then he just fishtailed through the intersection. But and there was thankfully no one else was coming from either side at the time so we were all safe but we got home we're still to get like we're still alive i still am friends with Kay, and she's doing well as well so it, it was an interesting thing of precognition it's the only time i would actually say i've had precognition in my life so but it saved our lives i think that and is that's terrifying isn't it? Yeah. It so when you're story. driving on icy roads, everyone, don't speed and stay no. in the proper lane. <laughs> yeah, see, I've never had anything like that. No, 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 no. Like, I think I've had deja vu like before. That. Yeah. Now, did you remember the dream prior to the deja vu happening? Or did no, you remember I didn't. As it started I, I, I remembered it as I started, which is why it's an interesting mix of both precognition and deja vu. Because precognition is, yeah, precognition is you're supposed to remember it and then recognize it. This one was, I certainly did not remember it until I was in that situation. And, uh, and then it spooked me enough because I remember hitting that pole and feeling the impact and everything. Mm-hmm. Guts splitting oh, wow. out and everything. So I was just like, yeah, we're going home right now. <laughs> I don't really want that to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I've had deja vu moments before. They're not frequent. Um, but just like every human on this earth, that I've had deja vu. So, Christina, mm-hmm. what is your story? 
Um, you know, it's it's interesting because, and we, we're going to talk about things other than in the scientific part, other than deja vu. But you know, what you described also sounds like the multiverse theory, where people talk about uh, talk about experiencing something like that, maybe that they experienced in some other reality. Um, you know, and talking about the Mandela effect. You know, no, people yes. think, um, you know, that 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 things have happened and then this is like a redo but it's slightly different yeah yeah Mm. Mm. yeah it's oh goodness everyone maybe this should have been a two bottle episode (laughs) i mean i have i have a lot of um deja vu like a lot of times like in the act of like creating or drawing something i'll remember having done it before now as i said last episode that could be easily perhaps uh, explained by the fact that I don't do a lot of different things. Um, I spend a lot of time drawing and painting. That's my profession. So I spend a lot of time doing that every day. So it's not completely out of bounds that it might be, you know, an echo of me doing a lot of similar things. But that being said, you know, sometimes it is something, you know, like remembering talking to someone or being in a situation. And it almost always does feel like it was something you dreamed of before. And it kind of makes mm-hmm. me think a little bit, because um, one of the listener experiences, somebody said uh, kind of what Jen said, where it's precognition of boring things, like putting your keys in the car and that sort of thing. It makes me think of the um, concept in Greece of, the, of Cassandra, who could tell the future, but nobody believed her. Um, and that was her curse from the gods. And, you know, what if precognition was like boring stuff like predicting that you would make egg salad for dinner or (laughs) you know there's a lot of stuff that happens it's not always like you said it's not always monumental so perhaps Mm -hmm. you know it it is a a feeling of something that's going to happen but it's just not very important Mm -hmm. yeah and (laughs) as psychics say pay attention to those small feelings because they usually lead to bigger things i mean I was going to say, do you find that you sometimes have deja vu a lot, like within a couple months and then you, it just kind of stops and then you don't have another one for like a year or two or. I'm not sure if there's a name for it, but I have, in addition to deja vu, I have a lot of feelings like, and it's usually late at night or in the morning, like I'll wake up and I will feel like I've forgotten something that I Uh, needed to do, um, like take a medicine or something like that, or something would happen but it has nothing to do with my life. I'm not on any kind of medication, you know, but I'll mm. be like, oh my gosh, I keep forgetting to do this. But it's I think not that really- goes, That goes into ritual. Like you, you make self-built rituals and uh, it, ritual in the, is, um, sorry, I interrupted you too. No, no, no. You're done. Continue. Okay. This um, is a discussion. From an anthropological and sociological view, you can build rituals and they don't necessarily have to do with any type of spirit, spirituality or religion, mm-hmm. which is sometimes, especially in our Western culture, kind of hard to wrap your head around that you can build rituals that aren't brushing your teeth at a prescribed time every day mm-hmm. is a ritual. It fits the definition. So totally, like, uh-huh. like, uh, with Mike and I, before we go to bed each night, I make sure that we both say goodnight and I love you. <laughs> because if I just 
plunk down in my bed and go to sleep. I'm like, I feel weird. I feel weird. Something bad's going to happen if I don't say this. So I always wake up and turn around and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, it's interesting I because <laughs> I'm like, I love you. <laughs> now go back to sleep. Because I, you know, I, the thing you were just in. I thought, I, I, you know, most of my working life has not been structured um, where I had to be somewhere or, you know, so we've had a very unstructured life, um, mm-hmm. which, which is possibly unique to a lot of people because we don't have extremely prescribed meal times or having to be somewhere unless somebody sets up a meeting. But if we set up a meeting, it's not usually something that happens at a regular time each week. You know, that's yeah. more unusual than usual. In my, but I do feel like that that like maybe those times of night too, maybe things are more crossing over. And, and you're, if, if you look at sort of not only the multiverse theory, but the idea that um, people kind of receive signal, if, if it depends on what you, what you consider, um, you know, how the brain works, is it a transmitter or is it just a piece of meat? And mm-hmm. if it is a transmitter, then it's not a crazy idea. Like people used to hear AM radio, like from California and Ohio, people used to be able to hear Cincinnati's radio WLW because it was so powerful. It was like, I was it a hundred thousand Watts at one point. I don't know if either of you remember, but anyway, people could hear it all over the country at night oh, because, wow. because the radio signal was so powerful. And at night there wasn't as much radio noise. And so I wonder sometimes at night if you're receiving more signals because the regular ambient noise is not up as much. It could be. It it, it just could be that. Hmm. It's just a thought. I was just thinking, uh, contrary to your lifestyle, mine's very structured. Uh-huh. And it's all because of my ADHD and it's a coping mechanism. So it has to be super structured because the minute I go off path, I just fly away. This is like, goodbye, everyone. It was nice knowing you. I'm going to go do all some sorts of other things. And uh, it takes a long time to get back into a, into a structured. So I have to be really structured mm-hmm. for my sanity. I need some structure right now. Like I've always had that structure, you know, that school kind of makes you have and then work Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. carries that on and working from home the past two years. It just, I have no structure. Like I was up until actually I didn't go to bed Saturday night. I didn't, I took a a couple hour nap at 9am. Oh, previously when I was younger, I would stay up all day and then just go to sleep early. I did notice I- your chats at 3 a.m. last week and I'm looking at my phone at 9 a.m. the next day. I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I we've never really because we've not ever had structure like we, we've always let our workflow be very. Uh, and maybe that's why we were talking about how you, how you might look older or younger. We've just always kind of let our rhythms do what we need to do. So like mm-hmm. sometimes, like lately I've been staying up really late and, 
uh, sleeping in more, but sometimes I'll get up at three in the morning and work and then sleep in the afternoon or, you know, whatever. We've never had really structured. And I don't know, it's something people don't really talk about. Most people have day jobs where they have to, well, actually, no, let me change that. Actually, not everybody has day jobs. A lot of people do have like third shift jobs and, you know, mm-hmm. and people get really messed up when they're forced to change them. But we just kind of, you know, uh, since Troy and I never had kids and, you know, we, we just sort of have worked at home. We just sort of work when we feel like and sleep when we feel like and eat when we feel like. So we don't do anything like according to a structure. We never have really. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, maybe that gives you more maximum work time. Like I find there's sometimes that I work and feel more creative than others, but we've never thrived on structure. I was oh, just going to never- say you, your lifestyle sounds like it would avoid burnout a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So if I feel like going sketching and I mean, that's one of the things like when we set up sketch things, like if I want to go out and sketch in the afternoon, I'll just do it and then work, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it gives you a lot more flexibility. I think, and this is a whole nother discussion, you know, before we get into to the actual meat of deja vu, um, you know, society, the, the Western society structure, and, and I perhaps even the Eastern too, because you've been to Japan, the Japanese work extremely hard. And, you know, it seems like I would say that the, perhaps the culture of the 20th and 21st, and perhaps even 19th, where you had the industrial revolution, it's, it's required people to live in an extremely structured way, like required alarm clocks and keeping of time, you know, but there was, Mm -hmm. there was a time when it wasn't like that Mm -hmm. for people. I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it has changed a lot. They said people um, since COVID have are dreaming a lot more because they're sleep, Mm -hmm. they're getting more sleep Hmm. because they're not on, they're not on the road. You know, Mm. when you had to be at work at eight o'clock, in some areas you have to leave at five in the morning to get you know some areas Mm -hmm. have extremely long commutes and terrible traffic so you have people getting up super early but they go to bed later so they don't get the sleep that they need and so that's one thing that's changed a lot Mm -hmm. temporarily probably i'm not doing anything productive at three o'clock in the morning no i'm sitting and watching tv and playing games on my ipad which I really need to get out of the habit of. But at the same time, I have always been someone that likes to stay up late. And when I was younger on the weekends, I would stay up and do crafty or art things, you know, and then I would just sleep in the next day. And I like that schedule, but I've never been able to have that schedule because of work. Mm -hmm. And being home has screwed me up. (laughs) Yeah. My prime work time before COVID and also having a child was between about two in the afternoon to two in the morning. That was actually where I could write and work. I'm much more of a night owl than I am a early bird, but having a family and having a family that works at home now with a normal nine to five job, I had to augment my own natural schedule to fit everyone else's. So I do think it kind of impacts the way I work, but I can't, I can't, I can't stay up till two in the morning anymore. Cause then yeah. who would wake up with the kiddo at 6am? Like right. I'm not living on four hours of sleep. No, trust me. It's, it's not fun. Even talking it's, with it's someone not healthy. That has, does not have children. I yeah. 
I could do that every once in a while. Like when I would, I would have be under a lot of stress and I'd only get four or five hours of sleep, but then it would go away. And it Mm -hmm. got to a point where I was hardly not sleeping and I was tired all the time and I can't function anymore when I'm super tired. Yeah. So no one yesterday I slept, had a nap for a couple hours and then I was just like a zombie for the rest of the day, just waiting to go to bed. And then Mm -hmm. when it was time to go to bed, I'm like, I don't want to go to bed. Yeah. I remember those. I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. It takes a lot to train out of that too. Yeah. So getting back on topic, we have a bunch of deja vu stories that our listeners shared and friends shared with us. So do you want me to start with Heidi? Yes, please do. So uh, Heidi wrote when we asked, she said, I don't know, or they said, don't know if this counts, but from time to time, I'll be doing things and realize I dreamed doing the same thing before. The strange part is that it's not a usual thing, but very often a very specific thing, and it will match down to all the details. I also never remember the dreams till it's happening. Then I realize how vividly clear the dreams were. Too bad it's always mundane things, like visiting a new doctor for the first time or taking a walk in a park. Mm-hmm. and yes. she's pretty much uh given us the definition of what deja vu is yes yeah. and um do you want me to read kevin's yeah okay and and you know it's interesting because when we talk about other things than deja vu i have had friends that have this is actually i think um deja entendu which is translated as already heard the sense of that you've heard something before or um because he's uh kevin says not deja vu per se but one day i had a piece of classical music stuck in my head i don't know don't remember which one but it was a well-known piece anyway i was whistling it all day and i was whistling it as i got in my car and then whistling synced up with the radio which was tuned to the classical station and playing the same song that had been in my head the entire day um you know and and again that's kind of like thinking about the brain as transmitter or you know there's something in the ether that's you know sticking in your mind yeah reading his episodes this is not a deja vu thing but kind of precognition i remember when i was in middle school i was so familiar with the disney aladdin animated schedule i knew which episode would be airing each day without looking at the tv guide because i had seen it that frequently yeah so you were a fan I was a fan. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that kind of reminds me with his story that he's probably listened to that piece of music so much, but the syncing up is the incredible part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is, that is pretty unusual. Um, Do you want me to read John's? John's? Yeah. Okay. This is from John. As a kid, I would regularly dream of specific, completely trivial events that would happen years later, giving me a strong deja vu. Like being 10, dreaming of being up on a ladder, changing a light bulb in a place I'd not live, I'd not live in until my 20s. Wow, that one's spooky. That's, yeah. Well, that one is spooky. I mean, that's years in the making. Years. Yeah. He, he described it as the worst precognition ability ever. But again, 
No one ever said that precognition had to be like something important. There's nope. no time frame for precognition. I mean, maybe it's like a color of Nikes that you get. I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I have was predestined to get these one. running shoes. <laughs> I these black was, running shoes. I have one that was pretty specific. Uh, when my dad got sick, uh, he died of cancer, pancreatic cancer. But when I was 15, when he told me, I was talking to him on the phone and he just started coughing. And I said, oh, are, are you not feeling well? Are you sick? He goes, yeah, I just got this, this bug I can't seem to get rid of. And, and in that moment, I knew my dad was going to die. Just knew it. And I think a couple weeks after that is when my mom told us he had cancer and they gave him three months to live and it took three months to to kill him so but i always tell people like if you have a gut feeling about something it's probably true and that's like the one strong instance where i really felt that i just knew something was going to happen and it it did yeah and that's one of the keys to being psychic it's one of the signs have following a gut feeling and have precognition like that at least according to all the different internet lists that i read today Uh, (laughs) well do we want to get i was just gonna say would you want to know the future though like in 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 a significant way it takes all the adventure out of life if you know what the future is yeah that's at least that's my opinion well, there's yeah. theories that, that, you know, time's not linear, you know, that you're mm-hmm. just sort of watching a playback of some kind, which is interesting. Um, you know, which right now, I mean, let, let, we, we were going to talk a little bit about deja vu. Should we go into the science a little bit? And then you can yeah. go into the hippie a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be muted. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, I'm going to be muted because, oh, hey there, Chuba. Uh, Sai is taking a bath. So this is perfect timing. Uh, okay. You just take as long as you need to explain all the science. <laughs> Do you want me to mute my myself invade? too? Um, it's up to you. Um, I don't know if I'll change the speaker view or not. I guess I could. Um, okay. I, I mean, I'll change the speaker view. Why not? Um, okay. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. It's, it's cute. Right. He really bath loves bath time. time. Fun. Yeah. He really loves so, bath time. So this is part one of Deja Vu. And I have this weird feeling I've done it before. Um, but we could, we could recreate the Monty Python sketch. We're going to talk tonight about Deja Vu. And then we need like the music. and. The... Um, you know, one thing that was interesting is, and, and they describe about the phenomena of deja vu, and most of us know the feeling, and we've been talking about it, that fleeting sensation that you have been somewhere or done something before, when common sense tells you that it is not possible. The term deja vu translates literally from French as already seen. And according to research, about two-thirds of us experience at least one deja vu in our lifetime, yet very little is known about what causes it, which I, like many things... I think it's more than two thirds of us. I think people that, I think almost everyone's probably experienced it. They just may not have the words to describe it or may not have heard about it. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting about internet and learning more about people that are not, have not grown up in your personal circumstances is um, 
and, and this is one way that teaching has really helped me as you assume you've lived in a similar in a situation that's ubiquitous and most people have lived in that situation and you find out when you teach that no you're not in a normal situation there's a lot of people i mean i suppose i've just described my lifestyle that's not normal at all so um you know most people talk about um you know their common experience so i think it's probably more of a common ex experience than we realize um, the term deja vu was coined in 1876 by the French philosopher Emile Boria. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm not taking French, so I've butchered it, but don't worry. Um, it's the term, it's, it is the overwhelming sense that you've already experiencing some, experienced something before, but there are lesser known phenomena that are thought to be related. And I actually know some people that have had these too. Jamais, jamais vu. Uh, which is spelled J-A-M-A-I-S-V-U, translated as never seen. This is the sense that something which should be familiar is alien. For example, a common word which suddenly becomes strange. Um, and I actually had a friend that had this a couple of years ago that um, she was driving in her neighborhood and suddenly nothing looked familiar. And she freaked out, like she went to the doctor and got MRIs. And they said that that's what this was, where like you're driving in your neighborhood or you're doing something you should be familiar with. And you're like, I've never done this before. What am I doing? This is not my neighborhood. You know, it's the talking head song. This is not my, you know, uh, this is you know, not my wife. This is not my house. You know, this it's 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 called jamais vu. And then there's presque vu translated as almost seen. This is the sense of being on the edge of an epiphany or realization, for example, recalling a memory, which, you know, I don't know if I would categorize this with that. Um, you know, it, it's interesting when you study brain science, if you're trying to remember a word, have you ever noticed, like, sometimes you'll try to remember, like earlier where you were trying to remember a war word and you couldn't get it? Yeah, I was trying to remember respect and I was just like, oh. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Have you ever noticed like a couple hours later, you're, you'll suddenly remember it and it's because your brain yes. has been working on recovering it and then it just delivers it to you. We just do not have very good hard drives compared. To yeah, I, I usually make the joke to relieve the tension saying I'm going to remember this in the middle of the night and just wake up screaming whatever word I'm thinking of. Exactly. And That's also with the prescavu, um, with the almost scene, I wanted to note that with dyslexia. You can stare at a word and you're like, I know what this word is, like the word skeleton. And I was like, I know this word. I actually know how to pronounce this word. But right now I don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And you're just staring at it. So, yeah, had those moments as well. And Deja Entendo is translated as already heard. Uh, this is the sense of feeling sure you have heard something before, like a snippet of conversation or a musical phrase. Um, and I'm sure a lot of this can be attributed to neurological science and misfiring and that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's probably part of the story. I think a lot of times when you're doing research, it is incredibly difficult to... Um, and, and that's why a lot of times psychological research is very hard to recreate. I think they said a lot of uh, psychological experiments uh, that, that were taken as sort of definitive, like they have been unable to duplicate those experiments. So there's a lot to this, you know, learning where these come from. 
it says here it, that scientists have tried to effectively recreate deja vu in the lab. In a 2006 study by Leeds Memory Group, researchers would first create a memory for patients under hypnosis. That memory was usually something simple like playing a game or looking at a printed word in a certain color. Then patients in the different groups were given a suggestion to forget or remember the memory, which would later trigger the sense of deja vu when they encountered the game or word. So, um, they were able to simulate deja vu, which is really interesting. Um, and they've actually found uh, where people talk about repressed memories that they've been able to plant false memories as well. I don't know, you know, when you read stuff like this, and since I'm not a scientist and I don't read scientific research, I don't know how definitive these findings are. Are they duplicated studies where a bunch of people have done them or are they less? I mean, that's one thing when you're doing research on these these different topics you know how many people were participating in the study and how could you duplicate that study that's usually how they find a definitive answer to how something is done uh, yeah, a lot of these studies are rather small like yes. you're looking at like a hundred people so yeah yeah um and let's see uh and there's a lot of people that are saying that, um, like you said, some people have attributed to anxiety and perhaps worrying about something and, and your brain is, I don't want to say compensating, but anxiety does a lot of interesting things to the brain. It can make you kind of in a fight or flight mode. And maybe that also triggers some strange, I mean, it could be even something that's in the dream realm. I mean, some of the stuff I was reading, some people said, do we really want to know more about it? You know, maybe the mystery explaining something away takes away the mystery. And uh, I think that's a good segue into, you know, what you read, Kat. Yeah, it is. So uh, really funny timing on this. We watched or rewatched Doctor Strange last night, which is the beautiful Marvel movie that talks about introduces the idea of the multiverse into the Marvel cinematic universe. But uh, if you are a Doctor Who fan or any really good classic sci-fi, you really know the idea of the multiverse theory. And this is going into that. So to boil it down into simple potatoes, basically there is an infinite amount of universes, parallel universes happening at one time. And the fact that deja vu is just when you have a perfect lineup, you're sinking your vibes, as they would say, enough that you have basically have two universes doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, and you're feeling that vibe. And that's what that feeling of deja vu is. It's an interesting theory. It's been bandied about with um, physicists a lot, psychologists a lot. As I say, those two groups are going to actually figure out what all this paranormal shenanigans is from just studying the universe and how the human mind works. So, yeah, it, it's the infinite number of universes. So, basically, to boil it down, you have infinite number of universes. They're all working parallel with one another. And then sometimes you can have these little crossovers, as I just said, those, those are your deja vu events. But in the other universes, as the uh, examples given were, instead of picking up one bag of apples, you 
pick up two bags of apples or two gallons of milk instead of one or three. Like you have, you turn left instead of right. There's a very good Doctor Who episode about that. It's just how these small little nuanced changes can make really big effects to your life. And that is kind of working into the parallel universe, multi-universe theory. Also the butterfly effect. And as um, Christina actually mentioned earlier, the Mandela effect which is little changes how you remember things being perceived, like Berenstein Bears. That's a huge one. That's one that affects me. I remember the wrong spelling, and I don't know why. Or Shazam, that movie from the 90s. I think some people remember it existing, like myself, but it actually doesn't exist uh, with the genie that is being played by, who was it, um, Magic Shaq. Johnson? Shaq. There we go. Um, I was like, prominent 90s basketball players that aren't... Um, crap, the guy from the Bulls that I just can't remember. Um, it's not Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan? Yes! <laughs> Can you no, imagine Michael Shazam. Jackson? Parallel Wait universe, Michael Jackson's a basketball player. Shazam never was a movie? Well, Shazam is a movie, but it's it's that one is uh, Zachary Levi is the uh, star of that one. The one that we're I, thinking of, I think, is Kazam or I have it backwards. We're going to no, get. Sh- I think Shazam is the one with Zachary Levi. I saw that in the theater. And yes, Kazam is a Shaq. 1996 movie with Shaq. But okay. other people swear that it's named. um shazam shazam and huh. i believe i i got that situation correct i'm seeing if the wikipedia has that i think uh, i thought i thought it was named shazam film too. title confusion many people falsely remember the film being titled shazam and starting a comedian and actor sinbad as the genie so i hmm. misremembered the misrememory possibly an example of the mandala effect but Shaq played a genie in something Yes, he did. He played it. it, That one is Kazam, made in 1996. Was it Sinbad one? I believed that there was a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad, but it doesn't exist. (laughs) Instead, it is a decent DC movie starring Zachary Levi as Shazam. It's a good movie. You should go see it. Anyway, um, yeah, so that just looking that up real quick so that's that's a very good real life example of the mandala effect happening and as i said berenstein bears is another one how that one is spelled that one throws a lot of people for a loop and uh, it's just kind of fun to think about them um multiverse basically outside of just science fiction it could be something that's happening it explains a lot i believe it's part well, it's not really what the Matrix is, but they kind of give that explanation in the movie, I think. That's why you see the black cat twice. It's kind of glitch in the Matrix. And this could be a glitch in the uh, multiverse, basically. You have two universes having uh, simultaneous events, and that's what does it. Um, there is some more psych psychic theorists that think that whenever you have a glitch like that is basically kind of switching tracks on a train so if you're going down the train track and then you have a 
a deja vu effect, that means you've actually switched universes. It's you, you're traveling through all possibilities, but when you have a deja vu effect, you've actually switched into another one. So uh, that, that was an interesting theory that I've heard while doing the other radio show. Um, yeah, and I'm reading the notes and it's like, fringe theorists believe that deja vu can occur when two parallel universes temporarily collide. Yes, that's basically a good way of putting it. Um, so I also have a little bit of information that I gathered just looking at some of my psychic friends' websites and what they've talked about before on when I was host of the Paranormal View. And basically is that scientists have figured out or are trying to figure out why we sleep. They don't really know why we sleep. They don't know why we dream. We have really good hypotheses as to why, but we also can't really explain what deja vu is as we also can't explain why we REM sleep. Now, uh, the popular theory that you get is that when we sleep, we're recharging and we're kind of clearing out all the memory clutter from our brains every day. And that maybe those misfires are what's creating deja vu. So that's a really good science explanation made really easy, I guess. Um, and also sleeping gives our time's body to heal. If you're a psychic, uh, there's a lot of times where sleeping is kind of this uh, liminal state where you're, you can have your soul astral project somewhere during that time. Uh, REM sleep is really important because that's when you can reach the Akashic Records. Now, Akashic Records is something Christina's heard about. Jen, you're new to. Um, I know a layman's version of this, which is basically the Akashic Records. Akashic is a kind of a bastardization of a Sanskrit word. And it is believed by many psychics and spiritualists that you can journey to the Akashic Records, which is literally the records of the universe. You can look up and find anything you need. The cure for cancer, the cure for the common cold. Did Kazam actually ever exist? Those types of questions can be answered in that Akashic Records. And uh, is that the definition that you basically heard, Christina? It is. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure we're all like, did I miss anything? That anxiety just flared up and it's like, oh my goodness, did I forget something? So yeah, um, basically deja vu may be the phenomena where you've managed to travel to the Akashic Records, look something up, read what's happened already. Is basically your soul already knowing the what's happening in the future and then your soul returning. And then when you experience something that your soul has already read about or experienced, your body has that kind of weird tingling sensation of now it's catching up to what the soul had learned. So that's one explanation uh, with what this could be. Um, so this also could explain precognition. Like how did I know that my car was going to slide into a pole? Well, a psychic may say, well, that's because you went to the Akashic Records, my dear, and you read about it, and then you were able to prevent your death by doing this. What kind of catastrophe did we avoid by me dying, or did we cause because I didn't die? That That's another topic for a different day, but that that's what I've been told before, is that that's what could have happened. Um, 
Also, having frequent deja vu, as I mentioned before, is believed by many New Age and spiritually minded people that it's actually a trait for being a psychic. So if you have deja vu frequently, it's you are accessing the Akashic Records, you're able to see these things and um, also precognition and uh, that that you're you're just a blooming psychic and you should be taking psychic classes and learning how to access these records and use your powers for good instead of trying to play the stock market and become famously wealthy so that that's uh oh sorry i am not done (laughs) (laughs) There was some more. Some other input I got was some psychics believe that deja vu is a cosmic checkpoint. So kind of going back to how I said that we're on uh, like this cosmic railroad and whenever we have deja vu, we switch tracks. Well, when you have deja vu, it also is a cosmic checkpoint saying you're on the right track. You're doing well. Because the interesting thing is when you read about all these deja vu stories that we got from readers they're all good situations no one was in actual danger my precognition thing happened a month before i was driving and it prevented death it didn't cause death so this is why psychics believe that this is a good sign that you're on the right track and good things are going your way and with that i am done with the psychics perspective on deja vu I guess I need to take uh, some psychic classes then. You can. Maybe so. Maybe you are. If you want. We do have the uh, Vision of Light Festival that's usually every, uh, I think they have it twice a year up in Sharonville. So Victory of Light, not Vision. I think that's where uh, Monica perhaps first uh, figured out. I think she was at that and that's where she figured out that she uh, should be a medium. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've been in a psychic class before, and our first exercise that we did was we stood in front of people and we were blindfolded and our backs were turned to each other, and we had to read the energy to see what gender the person was and their age, and then it gets more difficult. Like you, you have to read what people not necessarily are thinking, but maybe like craving or wanting mm-hmm. stuff like that, and. I'm pretty attuned to emotion. I don't know about, I don't know. So empathy was one of the things that was listed a lot as well as being a psychic is that you have a lot of empathy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just being human. A lot of the stuff that was listed, I'm like, every human has had these things. Like, if not, Mm -hmm. you may be a psychopath. Like, (laughs) so... Or a yeah. or a doll. You may not be human. <laughs> well, so. I think as we were talking before, there's a lot of societal pressure to ignore these things too. In a lot, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not sure what the benefit is of that. Um, I, I think I think there there's there are people that find it very comforting to think that they have an explanation for everything. Yeah. You know. Yes. Um, when perhaps there you know maybe there is something that is lost when you have like some sort of you know nuts and bolts it's like those those where you see those beams where they describe a television show in a really boring way (laughs) Uh, yes i love those that's that's kind of what 
that's kind of what this is. It's like you lose all nuance and sort of in that sort of thing. And I think that perhaps the nuances of feeling and experience are sometimes diminished. Um, yeah. Maybe because of the strict schedules and sort of this push to work at work sort of at, at jobs all the time. And, you know, the baby society has lost a little bit of its nuance because of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I it was an interesting subject to look into because I really like the idea of when you're really anxious, you do mm-hmm. tend to get more frequent deja vu episodes mm-hmm. when you're more anxious. So I don't know how that's going to hit during the COVID, everyone staying at home or reduced being outside. But I also do, just because I guess I'm me, I also do like the more romantic ideas of deja vu and the multiverse theory it it's kind of uh, physicists have not ruled that out the fact that we have a multiverse and why can't it be two parallel dimensions running into each other at one point that that's rather fun it's a lot more fun than thinking that you're an anxious cucumber there's there's so much that we don't know and don't see that it's really hard to make an assessment because we are our uh, our realm of experience is so tiny and maybe that's by intention i don't know mm-hmm. i do want to visit this how do you say akasha akashic records records yeah you can actually train there. yourself to do that like um that's one of the things that uh, psych- uh, psychic classes will tell you is that you can train yourself to visit now i've had some weird experiences with out of body but that is a different topic. Well, we, uh, we should cover that sometime. Yeah. Because I yeah. want to hear all your stories. I got stories. I want to hear it. Hey, we're on this every week. There will be stories. <laughs> there are. There are. <laughs> I, I hope our listeners have come to this idea. I'm this really weird skeptical medium, if that makes any sense. It's like, mm. I'm super into science. I support science. I support vaccines. I support all that stuff. And yeah, am I Scully? Is that what the yeah. character Scully is? Pretty much. Yeah, she's a oh. Christian scientist. She believes in okay. God and all that. She, uh, But she relies on science to prove everything. But eventually she she comes to agree she comes to Mulder's side but she still has her skepticism ah, and all yeah. that yeah it's it's good to hold skepticism and question things because like it, i'm gonna be blunt when i'm talking to dead people sometimes i wonder what's happening and i'm like is this is this a psychotic episode i'm not out of the realm <laughs> of thinking that so i'm just kind of like okay okay i listen to whomever's talking to me and like am i crazy is this a would psychotic you, break? Have has it finally gotten me? Like, would you be able to tell the difference? I'm Probably not, not sure. And listening to a lot or reading a lot of the psychiatrists' um, documentation, people can't tell the difference when you're in an episode. Mm-hmm. All I can say is like a, in a beautiful mind, like turning to somebody mm-hmm. else and saying, "Do you see this? Am I here? Have I faded out of existence?" Like, kind of doing that. So. Mm-hmm. constantly questioning things so i guess i am scully then hello <laughs> well i mean it's it's some of the most 
the biggest scientific discoveries people saw in dreams or or um like the the father of the discovery of dna you know saw the helix while he was on lsd you know it's oh that's, that's yeah. right. crazy that's awesome <laughs> You know, and he didn't mention it when he wrote his paper, but when he got older and didn't care, he said, well, you know, I first thought of that when I was high, you know, or whatever. Well, that goes right into the idea of the muses. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Jen. I I was going to say that he probably had the information behind it. The LSD just probably opened his mind to it. Wouldn't you think? Uh, Well, I mean, that's the, the, the... you know a lot of these concepts were very greek like the idea of Mm -hmm. muses and uh liz gilbert will put a link has a and we might have had a link to this before deja vu no um uh (laughs) to uh the thought the theory of muses and when you're writing and people coming up with similar ideas and you know sort of the ether and there's been a couple scientists that have done the research of ideas kind of being discovered by several people at the same time like there's something to the muse theory like something floating around in the ether and several people come to the same thing at once um and and so that's not a crazy idea yeah that does happen a lot with the creative i know with cartooning and uh, creating Mm -hmm. comics that actually does happen a lot where you'll think of a joke and then learn like somebody else 15 years prior made the similar joke type of thing Mm -hmm. and uh it's nothing to beat yourself up over as long as it's not blatant plagiarism i i say this because ironically it this is just spoilers for my own series so my character i guess this is spoilers so i'm gonna spoiler tag this for myself and wandavision so um I don't know, Jen. Are you paying attention to Wandavision? Do you care? I have I have not watched it, but well, you, you should spoil. I, I, it's on my list, but I'm in the middle of The Simpsons. Okay, this is not going to spoil <laughs> the rest of the arc for you. Okay. I don't think so. Um, my character Laura is a witch studying to be a sorcerer, and she is her magic is extremely um, un- it, it, unreliable. It will burst off at rude times. It will not happen when she needs it to happen. She just can't rely on it. And the one of the reveals is that she actually uses chaos magic. And that's why not using any of the normal elemental magics that are used, which is why Sorcerer Ravencraft is extremely interested in her being his intern because he gets to study this new type of magic. That's a story reveal. But at the same time, in WandaVision, it is revealed recently that scarlet witch also uses chaos chaos magic and i was just like well i'd be damned (laughs) (laughs) well i think i wrote my stuff years ago this just showed up today or last week and i'm just like huh huh but it's usually rather common for i think comics i think it's very hard in comics and in any type of fantastical storytelling to go you know because there's certain amounts of recognizable tropes in fiction and if you depart for those too much you better have a well-written explanation of it or people just don't understand it they get um, lost you know like for example neil gaiman wrote a story um and i think it's called books of magic about a young uh young 
a magician with an owl that was going to school and it was very oh, that's he looked right. just like harry potter and and you know neil gaiman was just it, it was before harry potter and he was just like yeah this happens you know it's not a big deal yeah you well, know, I'm sure like in the Terry Patchett disc world, there's some magician that can't use their magic. I believe oh, that is in I mean, colors of magic. There's so many different yeah. you know, tropes. Uh, I mean, you know, you constantly see artists, you know, at conventions claiming somebody ripped them off. And, and, and not, while that does happen sometimes, there are also sometimes like, you know, people have seen a lot of the same pop culture and read a lot of the same stuff. And so it's not crazy that you could independently come up with the same thing. Mm -hmm. um i mean unless it's really obvious you know yeah uh well along that line back when i was watching so much television that i barely slept um i would notice like when trent reznor won the oscar for social network the soundtrack i started noticing tv shows using that same kind of music Mm -hmm. And then I would watch one show one week and they would do something. And then the next week and a different show on a different network would do the same thing. And then all of a sudden they're all doing it. And that it used to irritate me to no end that it kind of burned me out on watching as much television. But I don't know if that is just people coming up with the same idea at the same time, or if they're seeing it on the show and go, Oh, we should do that on ours. And then it just, yeah. Is that plagiarism? No, I, I think it's, it's it's fashion. <laughs> it's it's yeah. fashion. Like uh, the way uh, Breaking Bad was scored, I noticed mm -hmm. a lot of people have kind of imitated how they scored Breaking Bad, and it's not mm -hmm. plagiarism. It's it's more stylistic beats. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't mm -hmm. use the same musicians. I mean, it's kind of like when you watch any show from the seventies. Like the soundtrack then has a similar feel to it to mm. soundtracks now or in the 80s how they use synthesizers for everything and you kind of oh, recognize yeah. that kind of mm, synthesizer thing. Mm -hmm. and now yeah. you know uh it's sort of a electronica fusion probably here in a lot of soundtracks now yeah. and a lot yeah. of different stuff um so you know, it's now. kind of a more of a trend than any yeah. yeah i think i think it's trying to seem uh current and hip uh, you know the look of shows and movies all and, and you know I think it's gotten super dark and when I say dark it's not even just the plot lines they said now with everybody having HDTV for example now they're shooting things that are much more subtle and a lot darker so yeah that irritates me because I me can't too. see what the hell's going on <laughs> Too yeah. Dark. yeah too dark <laughs> and, and it's because they want this sort of and they also desaturated a lot too there's a lot of yeah i noticed like like dc movies desaturate everything and it's mm -hmm. kind of recoloring don't make me rant about dc's cinematic universe this is already long enough <laughs> i do like superman i'll just say that right now which one <laughs> superman superman yeah with henry Cavill? Cavill. well yes i like him too as superman he's very he's very pretty i like him <laughs> even more as Geralt. he is very pretty he also has you know what his dog's name is what kal-el oh ho, ho. and i was just <laughs> like henry here is your nerd card and uh, <laughs> and the fact that he almost missed uh, he stated in an interview that he almost missed his uh calling to be superman because he was playing world of warcraft i'm like yeah 
and he built his own computer during lockdown. I'm like, yep. And painted a bunch of toy soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just like, dude, you're you're just How? as nerdy as I am. I can appreciate everything. How many guy nerds out there are going, that's not fair. That is so not fair that you can be that good looking and a nerd. <laughs> He works. He works really hard to be that good looking, though. Oh, yes, I does. will. I, I yes, follow him does. on Instagram. Me too. <laughs> how did you know? Uh-huh. How, yeah. Well, his dog's adorable. Kyle's adorable. Maybe because I just look at the pictures and don't read the captions. Oh. Well, Cal is a Akita and is extremely friendly and travels with him around. Yeah. I love him and I want to meet him, the dog, at mm-hmm. a convention mm-hmm. someday. Because, yeah. yeah. I know who he is, but I um, don't follow him the way you guys do. Sorry. Watch The Witcher. On I do. Yeah. I do need to watch that. I, I've heard really he good things about it, but I have, not, I have not watched that. And I've heard many people say they really enjoy it. It has a show. good soundtrack. I've listened mm-hmm. to the people that created the soundtrack. They were on Behind the Scenes, which is Netflix's podcast. Mm-hmm. And anybody that can get a hurdy-gurdy into their soundtrack wins my respect eternally. And they do it. And it's fantastic. I just love the entire production of Witcher. So... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. And the costuming it. is really good too. Um, you know, I have to have periods of time where I can actually focus on a show. Um, mm. It's eight episodes. It's pretty easy to focus on. Yeah, so maybe maybe that is one that I c- I could catch. It's um, a good weekender. Mm-hmm. But on I that was note, disappointed it wasn't longer. Sorry. I was too. <laughs> are they doing a season two? Uh-huh. They are. They're working on it right now, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to it as well. And uh, I, I like how they adapted everything, adapted the books. Um, I'm really familiar with the games, not so much the books, but I was not upset with the adaption at all. I think they did oh, good. a good job. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not read the books or played the game. I just like every, I just started seeing everybody raving about the show on social media. I'm like, oh, well, I like Henry Cavill, Cavill, Cavill. Cavill. And I'm like, Cavill. Yeah. Cavill, and I'm like, I'll just watch that for him. Sure. So you're just in it for the eye candy, really? Oh, yeah. I'm in it for Roach. Which one is he? The horse. The horse? Aw. <laughs> There's a few the different ho- horses that play Roach, but... Didn't you know, he get to Roach- keep his horse? Um, I don't think he kept him, but it's the same one. Uh, okay. What is for people who play The Witcher? I know this is a gamer side side tale. Anyway, um, Roach is glitchy as all get out, and there is so much fan art of Roach like stuck on top of house houses on the roofs in trees floating in the sky. It's Roach is mwah, is the best glitch out of any Aww. game, and. Uh, um, so yeah, that's why whenever we're playing uh, Witcher, we're just like, "Where's Roach now? Oh, Roach is floating in the sky. Okay, that's totally where she's supposed to be." Okay, I'll have to do some more research. Yeah, there's different I Roaches. Mean- Every horse in the game is named Roach throughout because it he he lives forever. The character. So I mean, that's why I watch anything is because I like the actor. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's perfect as Geralt. He got the. Mm-hmm. down just fine just Good. all the he doesn't speak much but doesn't need to yeah 
He doesn't need to. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think on, we're done now. On that note, I think I think that uh, we've covered this topic pretty well, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. we've segued mm-hmm. into. I mean, you know, this this podcast and girling. Has, that's where we've said. <laughs> yeah, just, we've we've gone straight from from paranormal to fangirl. Not I that there's anything you, wrong with that. Tell you my Ryan Gosling story at some point, Cat. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right so um i do want to note our sources for tonight because i forgot to note it before we started it is the british psychological society science daily uh scientific american bbc.com the median.com uh collegiate times.com sleep <laughs> and wikipedia so on that note thank you for joining us everyone for another wonderful episode of the hometown haunts podcast i'm your host cat loco christina wald and henry cavill's biggest fan jen kohler <laughs> you could catch us <laughs> online every single week every single day whenever you want at sin cabinet curio and also cincy cabinet of curiosities um my i don't think we ever remember to say it our instagram handles i'm red cat comics christina you are csw yellow cat csw yellow cat and jen uh jb kohler j-b-k-o-e-h-l-e-r it's in the show okay notes. yeah it's in the show yes. notes but come visit us we draw cute things we draw mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. things and jen takes take wonderful pictures. photos yeah although i haven't done it recently nah your well, we'll photos be, are great we'll, and they're still yeah. there You'll be doing photos of ghost hunt soon enough. As soon as we all get inoculated and out of here. Yeah. Yay. That'd be fun. Yeah. So everybody next week. Bye. Have a great night. Stay curious.